1: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Command Zone. I'm Jimmy Wong. How's it? I'm Josh Lee Kwai. And today we're going to talk about Titania. Protector of Argoth. Where is Argoth? We have no idea. Why does it need protecting? <laughs> I'm not sure. I know, especially with her kind of protection. It's Why very Why do they make us say these geeky names? Like, <laughs> Bremaz,
2: King of Oreska. It's like, oh, man. It's like when I'm That's talking true. about the cards, do they have to make me sound as dorky as possible? Pretty like, much. Yeah. I Makes like Soren's Solemn Visitor. <laughs> I like so- Soren, Super Stoked Super better. Super
1: Stoked. <laughs> Yeah, we'll have to wait for the next unset for that to happen. Oh, we should say, everyone, happy Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Uh, and if you're not from the U.S., happy November. Happy... A- end of November. Yeah, happy end of November. <laughs> it was a good month. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're from the U.S., happy turkey eating. Definitely. Uh, us here in Thanksgiving, are, or us here in Los Angeles, not Thanksgiving, are enjoying a balmy Thanksgiving. I think it's going to be like 80 you degrees. You know the greatest thing about winter it doesn't exist here it's watching it from california <laughs> <laughs> that's true <laughs> i think buffalo is supposed to get seven feet well actually if it's this is on tuesday buffalo did get seven feet of snow two days ago
2: yeah they canceled uh, the football, football games game and yeah. Everything. Yeah, yeah that's pretty bad
1: yeah and here it's sunny and we're complaining when it's 60 degrees out because we have to go inside and get a sweater wah wah
2: no actually i'm not complaining like i'm excited i'm like i get to wear my jacket for like one of the three (laughs) times all year i'll get to wear it
1: i know why did i spend two hundred dollars on a jacket i wear twice a year (laughs) i literally have a closet of like four hoodies that i just never wear and then and i never buy new ones because i wear each one once a year so (laughs) it works out pretty well in my favor there okay so titania yeah, she was a new legendary creature. We talked her about about her a little bit with the green deck. Um, mostly that she didn't fit in the green Commander 2014 deck because she has a weird Enter the Battlefield effect and her main effect doesn't really apply to the cards in the deck.
2: Yeah, the mono green deck was mostly an elf deck. It was pretty linear. Um, but it was clear that Titania was one of the cards they put in there that could lead you down a different path, Mm -hmm. um, to sort of brew your own deck, but it didn't really work with the cards that they had. So, uh, of course that got our minds racing and we were very excited. And so... This is sort of our first pass, maybe a rough draft, if you will. Yeah. You know, I've actually got the cards in front of us. Like, I, I put a, a deck together. But get the
1: wheels turning, at least. Yeah,
2: I think, you know, we, we'd we like the you, you listeners out there to sort of listen to what we have to say. And then we'd like to hear from you guys because, you know, like I said, this is first pass. There's probably a whole bunch of cards we haven't thought of because this is just like... Yes. Yeah, exactly. So we'd love to um, get some help building this deck and making it uh, as good as possible. So
1: Yeah, and that's the fun part about deck building too is sort of crowdsourcing opinions yeah. because I love going to Tapped Out or, and finding just a bunch of different deck lists or, or forum threads and seeing like, oh, wow, this card is busted. Yeah, and, and it's I like, just, I never even heard of that card. Yeah, it costs 20 yeah. cents. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, how often are you talking to your friends and they see your deck and they're like, you know what you need in there? Yeah. And they say some card and you're like, what does that
1: do? And you look it up and you're like, I do need that in there. Like. Yep. Yeah, it's it's so we need your help it's pretty often. Yeah, so uh, before we get going on this uh, special uh, Thanksgiving Turkey Day edition deck tech of Titania, there are no turkey themed cards. However, uh, be sure you guys follow us on Twitter at Command because we are going to be doing some more giveaways. We're back at it we got some really good stuff to give away, so make sure you guys give us a follow.
2: Yeah, give, give us a follow. Give me a follow at Josh Lee Kwai. Yeah. You uh, can give Jimmy a follow, too, but he has a <laughs> gajillion followers, so yeah, I'm not, I
1: need them more than he does. Yeah, you know what? If you follow me, I'll tell you to unfollow me and go follow Josh until the numbers equalize. Well, the, Wow, that's going to take a while, but the great, thing, <laughs> the
2: great thing about Twitter is that you can follow
1: more than one person. Yeah. Yeah, in fact,
2: you can follow as many as you want. And so. it makes
1: your feed all the more lively for it.
2: We're going to be giving away all kinds of stuff. You're going to have to follow us on Twitter to mm-hmm. uh, have a chance to win in that stuff we've got what the dual deck um, yeah, speed versus cunning, cunning. we've got fat
1: packs yeah and we, we have
2: booster packs
1: here. Boosters. we've got some play mats let's just okay some people have sent us the pictures of the stuff we've sent them oh Someone... my gosh we have the touch <laughs> yeah well they have the touch we have when the giving we gave them the packs that's true <laughs> yeah Someone cracked open a Mana Confluence uh, value, and another person cracked open a Goblin rabble master. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, those That's are both great one. cards. Two um, cards which I can never actually pull out of a pack, by the way. Yeah, two yeah. cards that are, by the way, still missing from some of my standard decks. So Every pack it.
2: that I open just has hardened
1: scales in it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, it's a one-of the Animar deck, I guess. <laughs> uh, I already have seven of them, so... Yeah, you should see how many, like, Master of Pearls I have. Oh, Goodness. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's a good, uh, it's a good limited card.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a great limited card. Oh. Oh, let's not even talk about how many aggressive minings I pulled at this point. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> at least it's red in my spirit color. Oh yeah, so, it is. Uh, yeah, that's
2: why the universe is giving them to you. Yeah, thanks universe for nothing. <laughs> okay, so on to the deck tech or the this is really like a brew tech because I would, tech, this yeah. is not a finished deck. This is a sort of brainstorming session almost Mm -hmm. i mean we put the deck together we played it a little bit uh just goldfish it out it looks pretty good um the ratios probably need to be worked on yeah um but especially because this deck does some really interesting things i mean it can totally go off you know so well let me read titania really quick for those that don't know so she's a legendary creature she costs three and two green so five mana total she's an elemental five three when titania enters the battlefield return target land card from your graveyard to the battlefield Whenever a land you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, put a 5-3 green elemental creature token onto the battlefield.
1: Cool. So she makes sort of like a mini version of herself because the toughness and strength are still the same there. And it's an elemental,
2: and she's an elemental, so that's cool. So anytime one of your lands that's in play goes to the graveyard, you get a 5-3. And also, whenever she comes into play, you get to pull one of your lands from your graveyard and put it directly into play. Right. So two effects that work together. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Immediately, what's this make you think of?
1: Uh, Lands that sacrifice themselves. Yeah. To To do something.
2: Especially lands that sacrifice themselves to, I don't know, go find another land. Oh, cons of Tarkir. Maybe. Fetch lands. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Uh, It seems to work extremely well with that in particular. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Because now any fetch land says, sacrifice this land. Put a 5-3 into play. Go find a a, land. Yes. And go find a land and put that into play. So it's just like you tack... Put a 5-3 into play onto all your Fletchlands. That makes them uh, even awesomer than they were. Yeah, and the good pretty, thing about Commander awesome. is the way the rules work, you can have cards like Wooded Foothills. Wooded Foothills says, sacrifice it, pay one life, search your library for a mountain or forest card, and put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. Well, you don't have to have any mountain cards in your deck to play this card. Now, yeah. you can't play a mountain in your deck, but you can play a card that could, could go find a mountain yeah, or a exactly. forest. Yeah. yeah. So in fact you could play this card in your deck even if you didn't have mountains or forests. I mm-hmm. mean, it would be kind of dumb. <laughs> but <laughs> unless you, could. you had something that made it
1: something else, you know. Yeah.
2: But you could under commander rules. Um, so this is you know, cards like that, we're gonna go through like a lot of different card types that we're thinking yeah. of but, but and yeah. a lot of lands
1: are uh, historically like strip mine i think is one of the most famous yes. lands which is specifically destroying another land so it, aside from just getting yourself a five three if Titania's is out you also get to affect the board in a way which is really cool
2: yeah and and the way titania when she comes in she can bring that strip mine back out of your graveyard put yeah. it into play you can use it again um yeah that's another great card so the i think the first step in building titania is that the one big stumbling block is going to be lands per turn, mm-hmm. just the one land per turn rule.
1: Right, because you don't want to sacrifice one land player and get one land back, and just sort of have like, all right, so's one and one, and I got to play a land. You want to you want to be moving faster than she can bring stuff back.
2: And you want you don't want to be on turn seven and you've only got seven lands. Like that's yeah. just not going to be fast enough in Commander. You're going to need to be able to circumvent that rule. So there's a number of cards throughout the history of Magic that do it. One is a uh, exploration yes one green for an enchantment it just says you may play an additional land on each of your turns so that's a good one Um, pretty simple um, uh
1: one of the more famous creatures of all time azusa lost but seeking two in the green one in the two you may play two additional lands on each of your turns so yeah turn one i mean when you get her out you can play (laughs) three lands which is insane
2: i mean it's that's an amazingly powerful card i mean there's a there's a card uh from alpha called fast bond that lets you play as many lands as every turn as you want and it's banned in 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 all formats um for a good reason yes because it's yeah. extremely powerful to just be able to put down as many lands as you can so azusa sort of does a fair version of that mm-hmm. um there's another called card called air quotes fair yeah it's still broken i mean there's azusa decks with her as the commander that are
1: extremely powerful oh yeah especially getting around turn two
2: yeah because you're yeah you're guaranteed to get her out uh early and dump just a ton of lands on the table and yeah. ramp as we know ramp and card draw the two uh Most powerful things you can do in Commander. Mm -hmm. There's another card called Burgeoning. It's also one green. It's also an enchantment. It says, whenever any opponent plays a land, you may choose a land card from your hand and put it into play. So that also circumvents the uh, one land per turn.
1: Yeah, and Yavamaya Elder, which I think any green deck uh, that's heavily green, because he's got two green, his mana cost is. It's like an auto include. And it's just a creature that when he's put into a graveyard, you can search your library for two basic lands and put them into your hand and then for your library. Or and, and you can also just pay to him and sacrifice them to draw a card. So you get the card and, and the, the land. two lands. Yes. Yeah, now so. the
2: difference with that is that doesn't actually put them into play, but Correct. in a deck like this, you're gonna have a bunch of ways to get to, them into you play. You wanna yeah, you, you wanna not only get the lands into play, but you just wanna get them into your hand. There's yeah. another card called Armillary Sphere it's uh, an artifact for two it co- it says two and tap it sacrifice armillary sphere search your library for up to two basic land cards reveal them and put them into your hand then shuffle your library so it's basically like a card draw spell but it specifically mm-hmm. finds two basic land cards yeah so
1: and the funny thing is a lot of these cards like are, are that armillary blah, 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 sphere have you hard to say. To say yeah it isn't necessarily a good card in a lot of decks um, right. It's still useful, but I'm sure in, in many decks you'll find a better slot for something else. But in this deck in particular, it does what the deck wants, and it is a really effective ramp. Because
2: every land is effectively a 5-3 in addition to yeah. a, a land. So
1: it's it's very powerful. So then... Um... Fetch lands.
2: Yes. So the next category is fetch lands. We talked about wooded foothills.
1: Yeah, to keep in mind, there are other lands that aren't actually fetch lands that are in cards of Tokyo. They're not what
2: we call fetch lands, right. but
1: they are fetch lands in that they do go fetch a land. Like,
2: yeah. this is a really a really cheap one.
1: Yeah, Evolving Wilds, where you tap it, sacrifice it, search your library for a basic land card and put it into the battlefield, tapped, then check right. your library. So that's, that's sort of the downside of that. But, you know, if you're playing three lands every turn, it's not a huge deal.
2: Also, if it says... Search your library, put a 5-3 into play, and put a land into play tapped. It's a lot better. <laughs> it's a lot better, For a yeah. normal deck, that's kind of a downside. But for this one, it's like, yeah, yeah but I get a 5-3. Yep, pretty solid. Um, there's also some older ones. Uh, I think these are for Mirage. Uh, mountain Valley is one of them. And they're sort of they're the reverse of Evolving Wild. So Mountain Valley itself hmm. comes into play tapped. Gotcha. And then you sacrifice Mountain Valley. You can go find a mountain or forest and put it into play. And so when you put the Mountain Force into play, it's not tapped, but this card itself comes into play tapped. So yeah. it still puts you behind a turn, quote-unquote, but it also says put a 5-3 into play if Titania is out.
1: Yeah, um, and Titania will probably be out. You shouldn't be sacrificing lands in this deck unless she is out.
2: Yeah, probably. I mean, you might have to one or two just to get her out, but in general, you're going to want to save all your sacrifice effects until yeah. she's out. Uh, The next category we we wrote down was sack lands and destruction lands. So lands that sacrifice themselves let you sack other lands or lands that destroy other lands. So Mm -hmm. um, tectonic edge is one of them. It's very much like strip mine, which we talked about earlier. Uh, It's just the fair version. So it's a land. You can tap it for a colorless and it says pay one colorless and tap it. Sacrifice tectonic edge, destroy target non-basic land activate this ability only if an opponent controls four or more lands. So it it makes it harder to just totally host right. them their mana. But the thing about tectonic edge and strip mine, strip mine, we didn't read it earlier. I'll read it now. Uh, it's also taps, it's also a land that taps to add one color to your mana pool. Or you can tap and sacrifice strip mine and destroy target land. There's no um yeah not basic, no conditions yeah. yeah. Uh strip mine's extremely powerful. Now both of these in this deck very often you're going to tap it, sacrifice it, and destroy your own land.
1: Right. To get two 5-3s. Right. Yeah, so that's, that's... Also, politically, it feels a lot nicer because people yeah. are going to be like, you wrecked my land or whatever. You're doing it to a land that either has an effect when it leaves, which it does in this case. Right. Or, and, and I'm sure there's some lands too that also do something when they leave.
2: And this ability to do it at instant speed also can be done in the end step prior to your turn. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you can have nothing on the board or maybe just a couple of 5-3s and you can go sacrifice these two lands, kill... Fu- kill two of my other lands and sacrificing the strip mine or the tectonic to edge get, itself yeah, and get four, four or five threes, or five threes into threes, yeah. play and they have basically haste because now it's your turn because you did it at instance yeah two. so pretty nice very powerful
1: yeah uh dust bowl does basically the same thing except it costs three to tap it sacrifice a land destroy target on basic land except They're...
2: for dust bowl you don't have to sacrifice dust bowl
1: that's right oh my gosh i didn't
2: yeah. even see that that's the thing about dust bowl is dust bowl you can sort of do it every turn
1: right and you can do it to so it's like a, a land sack outlet yes that's incredibly powerful. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that.
2: Yeah, it's only target non-basic land, but it's very right. powerful. So it's repeatable. And what that says in your deck is sacrifice a land, pay three, sacrifice a land, get a five three, get two 5-3s if you're five, destroying three, your, your right. own land, and one if you're destroying somebody else's. And and we like that. You know, we've talked about this many times. We like that versatility. Yeah. Where like, well, if I have to, I can destroy my opponent's land. Mm-hmm. You know, if I look and they're like. They're blue, red, and and white, and they only have one blue mana. I'll just destroy that blue mana just to slow them down. But, you know, a lot of times I can choose to use it on myself if I just needed a couple more guys.
1: Yeah, and you're always going to want to have that choice anyway. I I don't see yourself not doing it to other people that often. I mean, not that often. It's like I can see pretty much... I'd say like 50-50, you're going to yeah. be like, I, mean, I need to wreck this guy's land, otherwise he's going to... Like, he's in in a color that can destroy my enchantments that I really need for the sec to pop off, so...
2: And you'll see later we have another category that will mean that you can get these back and recur them. Oh, yeah. So that's sort of where you can just... Well, it doesn't matter. I'll destroy his now, and I'll destroy mine later. Yeah, exactly. Um, one more card I wanted to say, and there's a few cards like this, and I'll just use this one to represent really like in this, this category. really like this card, by the way. Yeah, it's called Lotus Veil. Vale. It's a land. It says, when Lotus Veil vale comes into play, sacrifice two untapped lands you control. And then you can tap Lotus Veil vale to add three mana of any color to your mana pool. So it's it becomes those
1: two lands yep. in
2: addition to itself. Now the lands have to be untapped when you
1: sacrifice them. So in general, it's... Well, what it's doing is it's, you know, it's creating three mana when yeah. it's killing two, mana, two yeah. other mana sources. Yes. But the nice thing is that it does what a Gilded Lotus does.
2: Yeah, exactly. This says, create two five threes, and you don't lose any of your mana that you yeah. would have had In fact, otherwise. you may be
1: able to fix your mana even better yes. now that that's out. Yes, exactly. And there's a few lands. There's another land that
2: does it and creates colorless mana. There's there's lands that sort of keep you at mana parity, but yeah. they sacrifice lands. So it's like instead of mana parity, you actually just are up 5-3 tokens.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Um, The next category?
1: <laughs> if you're making a deck with lands, you better have some. Landfall. Landfall. Wow, it's Ooh. like we practiced that. I know, we good. did. Yeah. Uh, Lotus Cobra. Great card. One in the green for a 2-1. Landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you may add one mana of any color to your mana pool. So it's very, like a doubler. Very, very powerful, especially
2: when you consider that this deck is going to be stacking effects like we talked about earlier, yeah. Exploration, Burgeoning, Azusa. Just so, popping them off, too. Yeah, you're going to be dumping maybe three, four lands into play on some turns. Well, now you can not only tap those lands, but every time they come in, they gave mana to you. So it's, it's a lot of ramp. Yeah. Yeah, Lotus Cobra not great in edh in general because yeah exactly after the first three or four turns you're just it's just give, maybe giving you one man every couple turns yeah but um in a in deck, this deck that is built to put lands put in, lands yeah. into play like continuously it's very powerful um rampaging baloths another very powerful and this is maybe one of the few cards where if titania is not in play you can use this card to still win uh, Rampaging Baloths is, uh, four and two green. So six mana total for a creature beast. It's a six, six. It has trample, but it has landfall. It says whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you may put a four-four green beast creature token onto the battlefield. Oh
1: yeah, he's kind of like a mini, uh, a mini version of. Titania. He's like a
2: reverse Titania. Like yeah. Which hers is when your when your lands die. His are when your lands are cast, cast quote unquote, yeah. when they come in. So, <laughs> but in conjunction, they if are. If you have them terrifying. both out, I, yeah. I, there's a really good chance you win because you might play two, three, four lands, sack them all, and now you made four four fours and four five threes. Yeah. You know, and it's if you just, have
1: something that gives them haste, like um, Concordant, Concordant crossroads. crossroads. Wow, did we practice that one? Yeah. too? <laughs> uh, and there's, uh, oh, I like this other one you've got too. Yeah, I'd like to also imagine that Rampage and Bielos is like Titania's pet. That's, oh that's, in reality yeah in reality that's oh the, wow i didn't the, even know that yeah no, i don't know I, I like to think that because oh do it's such, not, that's, just not fish, that's not that's not canon but it's just like there's such similar-esque things that like i can imagine her just sort of carrying him let's around. add that to the lore <laughs> titania rides into battle on the back of a bunch of rampaging balas rampaging balas protector of protectors of argoth all right Seer's sundial uh four drop artifact landfall whenever a land enters the battlefield and earning control you may pay two if you do draw a card so really
2: good in this deck. You're gonna need mm-hmm. card
1: draw really badly because you're gonna be playing a whole bunch of lands. Not to mention it stacks well with like Lowe's Cobra as well. Exactly, you're getting it stacks half right. that mana all the way. Yeah. Yep.
2: So every time you play a land, you are going to draw a card. You might draw another land. You probably be able to play it because you're gonna have all these effects that allow you to play more than one land. You draw another yeah. card. Like you can maybe play four, five, six land in a turn sometimes. How how long do you think each of your turns is gonna take with this deck? Early on, not. And then the 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 turn where you win will probably take a little bit because it's, there's some math involved. We'll talk about that a little yeah. later, but yeah. As it you're should. Right. As it should. So the next category then, so you get a bunch of lands into play. Mm-hmm. Now you need to be able to send your lands to the graveyard. Now you, you have lands that do that on their own, but not all of your lands will do that. So you need right. cards that are sack outlets, but sack outlets for lands. Yeah. Uh,
1: Historically, the, one of the worst cards for EDH. Zirin, but in this deck, it is amazing. <laughs> yeah, Zurin Orb. Uh, it's from Ice Age. It's a zero drop artifact. Play it for free. It's got a zero cost uh, ability. Sacrifice a land to gain two life. Seems so bad just it by seems the horrible. But then you place it next to this commander and it, it this becomes a beast. This, this is, is doing... instant
2: speed, create a five, three, gain two life.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy for as many lands as The you fact know. that it's also zero to do it, I mean, it makes sense why this it does cost zero because it's just not an effect you would ever use in yeah. most, almost every other situation you can find yourself in. But in this, yeah, it's great.
2: I mean, with Xurinor about, you can very often probably at least kill somebody because you just wait till the end step before your turn. Sack all your lands. I mean, it's a risky play. Yeah. But if you got eight, nine lands out, you make nine five threes and you can probably kill at least one
1: player that way. Yeah, exactly. Especially because by that point in the game, someone's going to be below 30 life or whatever. Yep.
2: Um, Another one I like is Fortitude. It's one in a green for an enchant creature. When fortitude is put into a graveyard from play, return fortitude to its owner's hand, which is great for enchantment, because yeah. it's just... it's it, kind of like... Um, unless it gets exiled, it won't die. It's kind of like... Um, it starts with an R. Uh, the,
1: uh, it's the one that makes... Rancor. Rancor. Yeah. Too bad like we couldn't that Return of the together. Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's true. Okay,
2: sorry. Back to the enchantment. So when it goes to the graveyard, it comes back to your hand, and uh, enchanted creature... Oh, sorry. It says, sacrifice a forest. Re- regenerate enchanted creature. so this is great because it can protect titania yeah there you go because you're gonna find this is what one of those decks that like is super reliant on his commander so you're gonna want to protect her this protects her in a way that also allows you to do the thing you want to do which is sacrifice lands how'd you find this card this card is perfect yeah that was a gatherer um yeah no i don't actually it doesn't say
1: sacrifice a land I don't remember how I found it. I came across yeah. it somehow. By the way, pro tip uh, gatherer.wizards.com is yes. one of the best ways to start building a deck if you're just starting from scratch uh, because you can look up keywords. Like you can look up the term sacrifice a land or yeah. sacrifice land, and then you can find all the cards that match within that color or whatever. And from there, it's really easy to find like a whole list. Of, I mean, that's how I started with my uh, Marchesa deck because right. you're looking for things that have plus one, plus one counters, you know, in the text. Right.
2: And I should say, Fortitude says sacrifice a forest. I probably. Looked up Sacrifice Land, Sacrifice a Forest. Yeah, yeah. Be you know, diligent kind of about your search yeah. results as well. Yeah.
1: Um, okay, go ahead. Copper Leaf Angel. I've never seen... I've never seen... Josh, I haven't seen half these cards before. <laughs> I went deep, man. I know. It's great. I'm so glad. Uh, it's a five-drop artifact creature. Angel. 2-2. Two, two. Uh, it has flying. But the most important part is you can tap it to Sacrifice X lands. Put X plus one plus one counters on Copper Leaf Angel. So once she is out for a turn or has haste, it is also a Zurin Orb on the stick. That makes herself bigger, and she can fly over someone's head, but being able to sacrifice X lands is great.
2: Yeah, I mean, you want the sacrifice effect, but the fact that you can turn her into like some monstrous 12-12 flyer also... And then have
1: like eight 5-3s to help back you up.
2: The great thing is you can do that, and then you can play more lands and do it again because it's a tap effect. It's not Mm -hmm. like a one-time effect on her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you can really grow her into this thing that they have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, and you're right. You made a bunch of 5-3s also, so it's like... Yeah, there's a lot of icing on that cake. <laughs> this <laughs> cake, a lot of icing. This forest cake tastes
1: delicious.
2: Um, this is the next card is a it's a modern um, staple. There's a whole deck built around it, and it's probably the single most powerful card in the deck uh, besides Titania. Obviously, um, this is like one of the biggest win conditions. It's Scapeshift.
1: Shift. Oh, Scape Shift. Yeah, oh, yeah,
2: it's two and two green. It's a sorcery. It says sacrifice any number of lands. Search your library for that many lands. Put them into play tapped then shuffle your library Ugh. so this is a basically a free sack all your lands yeah which is a free however many lands you have mm-hmm. that many five threes but the thing about this deck is then you put a whole bunch of lands into play and then if you have a Zernorb or something you could sack them again so Ugh. yeah if you're a copper leaf angel or any of these effects we just talked about so uh-huh. all of a sudden however many lands you have in play you can make twice that many five threes yeah it's it pretty intense. You don't have to have that many lands to just win in that instance. Yeah. Is
1: it any lands too? Or? Yeah. Yeah. So that many land cards. So you could be grabbing wastelands. You could be grabbing dust bowls. Yeah. You can be grabbing anything you want with this. Uh, there's an entire modern deck built around scape shift and valakut the molten yep, pinnacle. Yep. Because you just get to a point where you have enough. You combo them out mountains and then you just play scape shift and then you play seven mountains and deal you know fourteen damage or whatever yep. to their face. Yep. And so there's yeah, an incredibly good card for a good reason. Um, this last one. Typically, so if this card just read one in the green, creatures deal no combat damage this turn, it would not Not be in this deck. Yeah, Yeah. not good. I mean, it feels good, right? Like, oh, I can imagine all the situations. It's one of those
2: classic effects that new players really love, and then the more you sort of learn to play magic, and the more you play, you learn that
1: fog effects are just kind of bad, because
2: it's like, oh, you didn't die this turn, Jimmy, what happens next
1: turn? <laughs> yeah you die yeah exactly so this bought you a turn but it also takes up a, a card space yes. in your deck which could have been a card that may have done much better in winning you that game like oh uh, you know for instance like would you rather have creatures deal no combat damage or pay some more mana and like board wipe yep. for instance you know uh but the reason that constant miss is great is it has buyback which is you can do a cost and then you get the card back into your hand instead of going to the graveyard and to, for, to buy back this card you sacrifice a land
2: which you want to do anyway. You want to do
1: anyway, actually, and this has so much more value when you can repeat it constantly and get something else out of it.
2: Actually, when I was looking through and I found this card, I I think this
1: card belongs in
2: a lot of EDH decks. Mm-hmm. Because how many times right. depending on your meta, but you usually die to a big creature strike. Now whether mm-hmm. that's one creature hitting you for a lot or if it's a, or a, a thousand tokens. Yeah. But if somebody kiki-jiki infinites you, this stops it. Yep. Also if somebody does a Rafik Voltron this stops it. Yeah. And how many
1: times would you be like, well, I'll pay a land to just survive. I have like eight in play already. It doesn't stop me from playing something else next turn.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Usually you don't need to use this on turn four or five where it would actually hurt you that much. And even if you did, you'll usually gladly pay one of your lands in play just to not die. Yeah, definitely. And then you can do it again. And by the way, they know you have it now. And they have to either play around it, or a lot of times they'll just be like, well, I know you have Constant Mist, and so I'm going to attack you with all my dudes. And what I'm basically doing is saying, attack you with all my stuff to kill one of your lands. Yeah. A lot of times that'll just de- <clears throat> defer aggression to somebody else. Yep. Yeah, I think that's a very underrated card. It probably and some belongs- fringe
1: cases, too, that can also save your commander. Yeah uh if it's like a uh like a, a like they do some commander. sort of weird trick yeah exactly yeah
2: untap their guy that you thought couldn't block and all of a sudden your guy's gonna die and you can go like okay yeah exactly miss.
1: Yeah. or if you have planeswalkers out you know can stop them from you know because that'd be great like yep your Planeswalker is about to ult. They're like, no, we'll just deal with it when he gets to nine, before yep. he gets to 10, and then you just constant miss four times in a row. And it's then probably
2: really good in a Super Friends deck. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. definitely see that happening. Yeah, because they can't attack your Planeswalkers after that,
1: yeah. Yeah, so sac outlets for your lands. Definitely kind of a fringe, uh, fringe case of cards in Magic, but in this specific scenario, very, very good. I okay, so it.
2: the next... Um, the next category i guess is okay so you've you've got a bunch of lands out in play you then you put them all in the graveyard now you want to take them from the graveyard and put them back into play you want to recur them the most famous one is crucible of worlds definitely yeah this is actually i had this foil crucible of worlds like sitting there for a long time and it, it's been in some commander decks cuz it's a yeah. staple i mean you just sort of you can put it in any deck because it's it's anti land destruction yep but i was like oh this deck it, like Crucible World is like is the a deck. linchpin in this deck. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. So
2: what it says is it's three it's a three drop artifact. It says you may play land cards from your graveyard. That's it. So you can just your one land for a turn, you can take it from the graveyard and put it in. Yeah. Although this deck likes to play four lands per turn. Yeah, you have a out. And then out. sacrifice them and play four lands the next turn. You
1: Orb all of them, and you could play all of them and attack them all again. Yeah, that Crucible of Worlds is, I mean, I would almost want to run protection for Crucible of Worlds. I mean, it's, it's very such, important. Yeah, it's such yeah. an important card. Um, well, luckily you're in green. You have regrowths and
2: things that can get things, other cards out of your graveyard. And yeah, back. yeah, absolutely. So you can, you know, unless they exile it, you're good. Yeah,
1: and one card in particular that's great for sort of returning itself in the same way that um, Constant Mist does is another one of the more famous cards which is life from the loam oh yeah this these two are probably after
2: scapeshift the most powerful cards
1: yeah yeah it's one in the green for a sorcery uh return up to three target land cards from your graveyard to your hand so it does exactly what you want puts stuff back into your hand um so you can play them again and it has dredge three which is why it's so good and instead of drawing a card uh, if you would draw a card you can pay exactly three cards from the top of your library into your graveyard and you can return this card to your hand so you, then you can cast it again, get three more lands. Cast back, it again. And then your next turn. Yeah. yeah. Not to mention you're going to be dredging other lands into your graveyard. Yep. So it creates its own repeating cycle depending on what you put in your bin. So even if you have nothing in there, you would still dredge it and just like, well, you know, I'm going to need it at some point. And yep.
2: A hundred percent. It's a really great card. Once you get life from the loam out, you're basically putting a minimum like three, five threes into play every turn. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's just really for two mana and, yeah. and some sack outlets stuff, but it's going to be really hard for people to keep up with that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, it's it's a very, very powerful card. Um, there's some other cards. Uh, I'm going to use this one as an example, but there are many cards like this. Uh, Creatures with Enter the Battlefield effects. This one says, it's called Cartographer. It's two and a green. For a 2-2, it says, when Cartographer comes into play, you may return target land card from your graveyard to your hand. So, nice. it's like uh, Eternal Witness. Mm-hmm. Eternal Witness just lets you... Bring any card Anything, from yeah. your graveyard to your hand. This says land specifically. There are there are many cards like that, and uh, I'm not sure how many you should run, but you need some.
1: Yeah, I mean, that on top of regrowth and stuff. Uh, this next one is one actually, a card that I uh, Craig introduced me to, and I think is something that should go in almost, again, every green deck if you can. Uh, it's a Creeping Renaissance. Mm-hmm. Three and two green, five total sorcery. Choose a permanent type. Return all cards of the chosen type from your, from your graveyard to your hand and you can flashback it one more time for seven mana instead of five, and you get to exile the card, but you do the same thing again. So
2: what uh card type are you going to choose, Jimmy? Uh, creatures?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think land. I think, I lands think land. land, yeah. <laughs> Creeping <laughs> renaissance is great too because if you are in a really sticky situation where let's say you have other ways of getting lands back, mm-hmm. you have Life from the Loam, you have Crucible of Worlds, this gives you the option to return something else. Like, yep. well, let's just say like... Someone gets rid of your Crucible Worlds, Creeping Renaissance will get your artifacts back as well. Yep. You say
2: artifacts, get it back, and the great thing about it is, like, then once you get to seven mana, you can cast it with a
1: flashback cost and, and then still get land. your lands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it's it's great. It's got two uses, uh, total, and you can pretty much bounce anything you want.
2: So those are the get your lands back from your graveyard, uh, category. And next, we are making tokens. So at its heart, it's still a token deck. Yeah, that's what I are... find it really interesting. Yeah, and there are two cards that belong in every single token deck, and we've talked about them many times. They're Doubling Season and Parallel Lives. Nice. They're both enchantments. Um, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but they basically double the amount of tokens you make in this deck. They, uh, uh, doubling Season also doubles the amount of 1-1 counters you put on stuff, but that yeah. doesn't matter for here. So That's specifically for Planeswalkers yeah. and stuff. It affects that a lot more. Yeah, there's some fringe cases where it also works on other stuff. But in general, so now your Fetchland says sacrifice it, put two 5-3s into play, and go find a land and put it into play. Hold on, you still have to pay one life, though. Oh, sorry. That's a hefty cost. That's my bad. Well, if the fetch land is evolving wilds, you don't. (laughs) Ha-ha! Ha-ha! So, anyway, we've talked about them a lot. We'll move on, but they
1: Uh, belong in the deck. Time to pump your tokens. Yeah, so you're going to make 20 tokens on your end step. And we're not talking about overrun here. We're talking about stuff that is win-the-game effects. Because overrun doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win. These cards, however you're gonna win i mean you're making five threes usually in token decks you're making one ones Uh uh-huh so in a a regular
2: token deck you need a few more pump spells because sometimes your one ones you're just you know you're not gonna be able to make enough of them to kill everybody but since you're making five threes you can sort of take a little emphasis off the pump spell yeah because you only need to make eight to kill to have enough damage to kill somebody now that's barring blockers and whatnot. So, we only need the very best pump spells.
1: Yep. And uh, Coat of Arms is one that we've talked about in um, many podcasts. Our prosh deck as well. It basically gives each of your creatures plus one, plus one for each other creature that I think shares a creature type with it. Yeah, it's a five drop artifact. Yeah. So, in this case, all elementals will be busted up, including Titania herself, by the way, which is cool because the commander is affected by that specifically, which is kind of cool. I
2: mean, let's say you make 10 and then you put Coat of Arms out. Ugh. Yeah so now they're all plus plus uh plus, plus, nine, plus, plus yeah, 9 plus plus 9 plus 9 plus 9 yeah so they're, so they're all 14, 14 power and Titania is 14 power so yeah. that's 14 commander damage to somebody she might yeah. be able to just kill somebody you know, finish somebody off while the tokens go finish the other people off.
1: Yeah. So it's super powerful. That's if there's only 10. Like, that's, uh, again, yeah. a modest amount. And it keeps them at that. It's not like an overrun that ends at the end of your turn or... Yeah, as long as
2: Coat of Arms is out. it's The only bad thing about Coat of Arms is it does it for your opponent's creatures too. So if you're playing against a Goblin deck or an Elf deck or something right. like that, all you'll pump all their guys. Yeah. But usually, don't drop Coat of Arms until it's like, <laughs> put Coat of Arms into play. I win. I win, yeah. Yeah, I attack everyone and kill everyone. Yeah. Um, okay, and the other really good pump spell... Um, again, we're not sure the ratios. Maybe there would need to be more than two, but I feel like two or three is probably as many as you need in this deck. Right. And the other sort of best one is Crater Hoof Behemoth. Oh, such a good card. Awesome card. It's 5-5 uh, five, five, for 5 and 3 green, so 8 mana total. It's a creature beast. It has haste. And it says, when Crater Hoof Behemoth enters the battlefield, creatures you control get trample and plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the number of creatures you control. <laughs> yeah nothing says i win quite like saying oh (laughs) i've got uh 10 15 15s with trample
1: yeah the trample bit is what really makes this big because someone could just chump lock all day or whatever but the damage is getting through and crater hoof is he's crater hoof is the perfect name he's using his hoof to make a crater sized (laughs) in your face (laughs) in your face yeah
2: (laughs) plus he's a five five and he gets the and he's got haste and he's and he gets the bump too so he also just swings in there and helps kill everybody yeah yeah very powerful card yeah, um, Especially if you can bounce him. <laughs> yeah, it just use him again. Uh, this deck's not really built to do that, but you can get him back out of your graveyard. Yeah, there you go. So there's two categories we always talk about. The great thing about this deck is the ramp category. Mm-hmm. We think every EDH deck basically needs ramp. This one, it already has you covered with the stuff it wants to do anyway. Yeah, All those cards that let you play more than one land per turn, that like go search for more lands and put them into play, all this stuff... Those are your ramp cards. Yeah. So you don't actually need the ramp category to be covered. You're already covered. So, But we do need card draw. There's some interesting ones. Um, One of my favorites is Horn of Greed. Horn of Greed is a three-drop artifact. It says whenever any player plays a land, that player draws a card. So it's kind of like Seer's Sundial from earlier, Mm -hmm. where uh, Seer's Sundial only works for yourself, but it costs two mana when you play a land. This one, if you play a land, you get to draw a card. Now it works on your opponents, but your opponents don't have exploration, burgeoning Azusa, they can only play one per turn but you can play three or four lands per turn, plus you're getting them back out
1: of your graveyard and playing them again. Mm-hmm.
2: So Horn of Greed super powerful in this
1: game. It's deck. definitely a bit of a riskier play, and I like cards in EDH that do that because they issue a challenge to the player, which is like you are... It's sort of like your Nekusar Chromatic mm-hmm. deck, which is like everyone's going to be drawing cards. Everyone's going to be potentially getting the answers to beat you in a certain way, but you are hopefully doing it more efficiently because your deck is built to take advantage of this more than theirs is. And another thing uh, we
2: didn't really talk about that... Uh, is that this deck will play more lands than your average EDH deck. Mm-hmm. Like, your average EDH deck might have 37, 38 lands. This yeah. one probably has 45, maybe 48
1: lands. Oh, wow, interesting, yeah.
2: So your chance to draw a land after uh, off of Horn of Greed and play it again and draw another card, you it's know... very high. So if you have Azusa and Orc of Maldaya and something else in play, there's a good chance that you just draw land, put it into play, draw a land, land, yeah. and, and just put four going. lands into play and sort of string them together, where the your opponents won't be able to do that. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, they get one card per turn, maybe but you have the chance to get four or five cards per turn. I mean, it's like... there's no advantage for them there. It's all pretty, pretty
1: busted in that case. Um, arcane spyglass again, another card I've never seen. (laughs) This card belongs in more decks again. than Yeah. I really like this too. Um, I think actually, I think people are afraid of land destruction, both from other people and from themselves, but But how many games do you you play where you're
2: like, I have 15 lands to play. That's not doing anything for me. I I would gladly give up five of these to draw cards or something.
1: Yeah. 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 Like you're so desperate. Like heck I'll sacrifice six just to get one card. That's fine. Just give me a card. Yeah, Arcane Spyglass, uh, four-drop artifacts. Uh, you pay two mana and tap it to sacrifice a land, draw a card, and put a charge counter on Arcane Spyglass. Uh, remove three charge counters from Arcane Spyglass, draw a card. So every three lands, you get an extra card. So
2: you get four cards draw for every three lands you sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you
1: have doubling season now, this goes twice as fast. Yes,
2: yes. So it's very, very powerful again you're sacking lands already. you want stuff that sack lands so this yeah, one, exactly this one draws cards when you sack lands, which is one of the better things you can do. Uh, there's also kavu layer. it's two and a green for an enchantment. it says whenever a creature with power four or greater comes into play, its controller draws a card. so this works for oh, again nice it works for, for other people, players yeah but, but not, now your fetch lands say what oh God sacrifice uh, a land, land search a f- your library four land put it into play put a five three into, into play, play draw and draw a card, card yeah yeah. Super powerful, and the uh,
1: parallel Lives is out every just times two everything on that. Yeah, Louise. <laughs> yeah, I mean definitely like some decks would just never be able to use that card too. You know, like uh, for instance, uh, Craig's Mono Blue um, Tower Yeah, it's Sky never Summer putting deck. a four four in. Yeah, it'll never benefit off of that. So yeah. you do have that sort of fringe benefit as well, which is kind of cool.
2: even car- decks like Prosh. Yeah. You know, they're not playing a bunch of
1: really big creatures. You know, he's playing zero ones. Yeah. yeah,
2: exactly. He's going to draw one card once in a while. but Yeah, you're gonna...
1: and, and he'll bust them up and make them all stronger, but that doesn't give him cards because they're not entering the battlefield.
2: We Maybe this is more a bigger topic, but we should talk about, like, I've always been very open to the cards that give a nominal benefit to your opponents, but mm-hmm. a big benefit to you. But I, yeah. f- I feel like a lot of players fear those cards.
1: Right. You know, it just feels like a bad
2: move. Right. Yeah, like oh, I'm getting benefit, but so are my opponents. But it's like, how much benefit are you getting? Because if you are, your deck is built to to get maximum benefit out of something, mm-hmm. and it just sort of like incidentally gives a little bit of benefit to everybody else. That's fine. That's totally fine. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, and especially even because at that point, like all their benefits added up together still isn't more than the benefit you're getting off the card. So. right, exactly,
2: and you know making people putting a, a spell into play that helps people draw cards sometimes that doesn't make them mad at you so it doesn't paint a target at you yeah. even though it's incrementally giving you an advantage yeah they don't like there's most things in the game that give you advantage actually cause people to dislike you yeah this well, does that's, the opposite
1: that's the time that i make an ally with that person because i know that like I want to draw cards. I want to draw cards. <laughs> I know it's giving them more benefit than me. And even if I can remove that thing, like I'd rather not. Because if it means that they can kill someone else before I can, then that might leave them open or whatever. Right. It gives me more of an edge to scoot in at that point. So right. it's, it's like you can play on both sides of the political spectrum there.
2: Okay, so the we always talk about um, cards you may not think of. So, along the lines of what we were just talking about, I put Font of Mythos. <laughs> it's scary. one of my favorite cards. It's a four-drop artifact. It says at the beginning of each player's draw step, that player draws two, two additional cards, yeah. cards. Now, here's here's my thinking here. The thing that holds you back when you're drawing an, a massive amount of cards, like when every player is, uh-huh, is your land drop. Right. See, because what happens is if everybody's drawing three or four cards a turn, you're going to have to discard. Yeah, they just don't have enough mana to play that many cards. So it actually, after like three cards or four cards, every card you draw after that is actually not that useful. I mean, it's selection. Yeah. But as far as like, you can't play that many things in one turn. Right, right. However, in a deck with a whole bunch of effects that let you put more lands into play every turn, you're getting incremental advantage because, Mm -hmm. you know, on my turn, I play three lands. And then, so I'm two turns ahead of everybody. But then on the next turn, I play five lands. And now I'm eight turns ahead of everybody, you know. And it just can yeah. be the snowballing thing. So for your deck to be able to take advantage of something, because lands, you know, you if you have something an enabler like an Azusa or something, lets you. They don't cost you mana. Yeah. You just put them on at the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and also you need to get those effects that let you drop more lands into play. And the best way to find them in green, because they're not creature based.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say this is almost kind of like a your own. Uh, tutor in a way because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're making your car i mean that there, there, that is one way to tutor it's just draw cards until just you draw find a whole bunch of them, yeah yep. until you find the card you want um so that's great uh, I, I like font of mythos i like seeing it every time it pops up <laughs> concordant crossroads this is a one drop card that sometimes just says you win the game
2: it's another card like we were just talking about too because it gives your opponent's benefit but you're in control of when you play it. Yep. So, uh oh, so sorry, we didn't read it. So.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. One green mana. Uh, it says enchant world. <laughs> not too many cards. That's say a that. old school. Old wording. school, yeah. Uh, creatures can attack or use abilities that include tap mana. So basically, every creature has haste.
2: Yeah, your opponents
1: also. Yeah, uh, but you're not going to play this. Like I played this in my Rafik deck mm-hmm. uh, because oftentimes I'll like put out the card that like great I need this cold-eyed Selkie to hit someone right now and draw me some cards and or like I need this commander to get in for this damage right now because mm-hmm. I have to recast Rafik. and for one mana you can give everything haste. It feels really unbalanced in terms of the power level of what this, this is, especially yeah. in the multiplayer game.
2: It's way overpowered but it's sort of like supposed to be balanced because it gives it to your opponent too. Right. But, it's but just, it's, if it's your turn then yes. it
1: doesn't really help your opponents out that much.
2: It doesn't help them if they're dead. Yeah, exactly. And that's the whole point of Concordant Crossroads is you don't play it if you're going to allow them to have a turn after this one, you mm-hmm. know, or at least allow more than one player to have a turn after this one. So, yeah. you know, a lot of times you're going to do that thing where you, you can sacrifice a whole bunch of lands and put like 25 threes into play. <laughs> and then you just need to be able to attack with them right now. So nobody has a chance to do anything about it. Yeah. And for one green mana, concordant crossroads lets you do that.
1: Yeah. We'll talk about it in a bit, but board wipes are not fun for this deck.
2: There's another card and it's another card I want to put on the underrated we're going to have to do a whole show on Underrated Because I keep talking yeah.
1: about this. Swan Song.
2: Uh, it's called Thawing Glaciers. Oh, yeah. This belongs in way more decks. And in this deck, it's very powerful. So, Thawing Glaciers is a land. It comes into play tapped. It says tap one and tap Thawing Glaciers. Search your library for a basic land and put it into play tapped. This does not count towards your one land per turn limit. Shuffle your library afterwards. At the end of turn, return Thawing Glacier to owner's hand. So... What this does is every other turn, you is can search for Is this the best card land. from Alliances? It might be. <laughs> alliances was a really bad set. <laughs> hey, I have a box of Alliances we're going to have to draft one of these days. Well, man. hopefully I'll pop it over the Flying Glaciers then. I want to mix it in with uh, Fallen Empires, the two worst sets ever. Oh, god, do a draft.
1: We're going to be yawning at the table.
2: <laughs> like, every creature is like a five mana, two, three. Like, yeah. it's just horrible. <laughs> and, then one modern, and then
1: one Modern Masters booster pack. <laughs> just this, just Whoever gets cute. that just wins. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: Um, The thing about Thawing Glaciers is, so it basically lets you go search your library for a land and put it into play every other turn. Yeah. But this isn't counting uh, effects that let you play more than one land per turn. Oh, right. So you can just play it back. Yes, exactly. Yeah, there you go. So you use it, play it in the same turn, use it the next turn, play it in the same turn, use it the next turn, play it in the same turn. So that can definitely happen when you're playing multiple lands. And Mm -hmm. then it's very, very powerful. It's also powerful, not necessarily for this deck, but with uh, untap effects. Uh, untap permanent, untap land effects. Mm-hmm. Because notice it says, at end of turn, return Thawing Glacier to owner's hand. Right. So if you have a Voyaging Seder, you tap one and tap this, search your land, put it into play, tapped. Then you use the Voyaging seder to untap, untap the Thawing it. Glacier, use it again. So you could potentially use it three, four times in a turn. Right. Go find three, four lands, and then it returns to your hand. Yeah, it's very underutilized, um, and it's it works in any deck. It's not color-specific.
1: Yeah, I like that. Um, this next card, Natural Balance, is very similar to a white card called Balance, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's two and two green, Sorcery. And this is another card that normally you just laugh at and throw away and not put in a deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, each player controlling six or more lands sacrifices enough lands to reduce his or her land totals of five boy you're gonna get a lot of hate there <laughs> each player controlling four or fewer lands may search his or her library for, for for enough basic land to bring her land total to five and put those lands into play and then everyone shuffles their libraries so it says bring everyone to five for you it says make an arbitrary number of five threes or it whatever. says make a ton of
2: tokens and also by the way sacrifice all your lands right after you play this because yeah, exactly. you're gonna be able to get five anyway yeah
1: yeah exactly yeah. um and it's kind of cool because this is a card that really shuts down the board and puts it heavily in your favor. Because it's like, sacrifice all those lands, now I play three more or whatever. I mean, what better
2: thing could you do after you put, like, six or seven five threes into play than make everybody sacrifice down to five lands? It's yeah. like, not only did I just put a ton of power on the table, I also gimped your ability to do anything about it because you don't have as much land now. Yeah, that's definitely, I think, one of the, the
1: game winners right there.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's well, the great thing about this deck is all these... Cards that like you sacrifice your own lands and such. They're uh-huh. not like typically cards that people play. Yeah. So they're not expensive. I mean, most of these cards are under a dollar. I mean, Crucible of Worlds is expensive. A couple of the other ones. Scapeshift and get stuff. Get up yeah. there. But um, most of these cards, the, the large bulk of them are just like. Thirty-two cents. I mean, they're yeah. very cheap. A lot of them are. So yeah, it's
1: not asking you to buy all the fetch lands either, because the "quote unquote" fetch lands half of them are just commons. Evolving you know? wilds uh, yeah. is, is is a common. Yeah. So
2: yeah, and 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 you don't need to go out and spend on the fifty dollars fetch lands. Uh, yeah, that's going to be two cards in your deck, three cards in your deck. It's just not worth it. Yeah, there's um, a lot of other cards that do similar stuff. Yeah, for sure, for a lot cheaper. So yeah. it, it's not the. Those fetch lands are very specific for why they cost that much. You just actually need the sacrifice the land, find a land part, and there's a yeah. lot of cards that do that. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about some trap cards. Yep. Some cards that uh, maybe aren't so so great. Um, I know I talked about Nykthos, Shrine to Nyx And before. how it should be
1: in all these yes. decks. However, Titania, not so much.
2: Uh, yeah, exactly, because most of your permanents are lands. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and all your other permits, like go find lands and such, you're just not putting a bunch of green pips out onto the table. Yeah. So Nykthos is just not a very great, uh, it's just not super efficient in your deck. I mean, yeah. it might be okay, but again, you want to sacrifice your lands. You know, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't think it's it's good in this deck, even though it's a monocolored deck.
1: I agree. Um, another card that it, it would seem would be really good mm-hmm. would be Terravor, one and two green for a uh, Lurgoif. So you know it's coming in as a star slash star creature. It has Trample. Terravore's power and toughness are equal to the number of land cards in all graveyards. Seems good in the outset, but it's missing a lot of the stuff that makes so many other cards better than it. For instance, if this card says something like, "When Terravore enters play, sacrifice two lands," mm-hmm, or you know, do mm-hmm, or like mm-hmm. or like tap Terravore, sacrifice a land. Mm-hmm. The problem is, it's just too situational on just being a creature that has trample and a star star. Because I would say that for the most part, the things that Titanians are pumping out. Are much more effective you'd rather have three five threes than one like eight eight you know
2: yes exactly that's uh, yeah that's very well put i think you know these type of cards make it into a lot of decks like this because you're like i'm gonna have a 2020 guy and what are they gonna do well they're gonna kill it or they're gonna block <laughs> it you know it's way harder to deal with an army of th- five threes than it is to deal with like one you know 30 30 creature right right so and, even and if it
1: even if it does have trample it's like path to exile so it's the plow's hairs you know there's so many ways to just get rid of one creature yep
2: yep or maze of ith. everybody plays yeah. maze of ith. like it's 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 just i would stay away from effects like that that sort of create one really big um creature okay. uh there's another one and i think it's okay but i chose
1: not to put it in do you want to read it Oh, Resonator? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this this finds its way into a lot of decks, too, for EDH, for good mm-hmm. reason. Uh, two-drop artifact. You can pay two and tap it. Copy target triggered ability you control. You may choose new targets for the copy. And a triggered ability uses the words when, whenever, or at.
2: So it's basically going to copy Titania's enter the battlefield effect mm-hmm. and mostly the trigger that when you sacri- when one of your lands goes to the graveyard, you make a 5-3. Guy. Yeah. So, once per round, yeah. If you sacrifice a land, you get an extra five three. Yeah, and that's the point I think why I didn't put it in, and I, I don't think it's powerful enough. Is like one extra token per round of the table. Yeah, for two mana is just not a big enough effect when you've got stuff like Scape Shift. Yeah, which literally puts like as many five threes <laughs> into play as you have lands, or doubling season, which double
1: every time you make a five three you make another one like yeah strionic resonator is just not powerful it's good in some decks when you really need to double something and your your deck is like really looking to do that specifically but in this Mm -hmm. case it's like there are just better ways to get it's the same kind of argument for terra where it's just there are more ways to get out more stuff yeah um all
2: right, let's talk about how to fight the Titania deck. Ah, yes. It's a kind of a fragile deck cuz when I started thinking of ways you would fight it, I came up with a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, one number one is graveyard hate. Um cuz they're going to be sacking their lands and then putting them back into play. Um now, you won't turn off the the deck 100% if you if you hate it out the graveyard, but You'll really hurt their ability to sort of continue to. Yeah, to, to, I
1: mean, it shuts down life from the loam. Yeah. it shuts down of so the cards that worlds. crucible, yeah, um, creeping renaissance, yeah, cards and, that you need to work.
2: And and in order to really like have the engine working, you need this circular effect of like land comes into play, lands goes to graveyard, land comes in my hand, land goes into play, mm-hmm. land. You know, you need that land to sort of go in that circle. And so if you just take out, you just damn it up at, at the graveyard part where it just won't come out of their graveyard. Yeah then it's very hard for the deck to be, like, broken powerful. It can still do some stuff, but yeah. that'll slow it down a lot.
1: Uh, tuck it's a pretty obvious one. Because tuck-
2: without Titania... Or Rampaging Baeloth is your only hope. Yeah. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs>
1: I mean, there, me Rampaging are, there are some cards in this deck that help it function without Titania, but it really does rely on Titania's ability because it, it's so specific. There are two parts to it that make her... All your
2: stuff that sacrifices lands, like, yeah. you know, it's all that stuff's pretty crappy if it doesn't also make a 5-3 when you do it.
1: Yeah, I don't think there are many cards out there that actually give you, like, something like Titania does, like an enchantment or whatever, that rewards you for sacrificing lands.
2: I, yeah. Yeah, not that i found maybe there are uh, listeners can come up with a few more because yeah. i think that's the big hole in the deck basically rampaging baloth is the or and spore mound mm-hmm. spore mound whenever you play a, a land you get a one one oh, okay it's like something yeah it's kind of like a young pyromancer but instead of instants and sorceries it's lands um but it needs a couple more effects like that because yeah you, as we've talked about many times in the past uh, we like to build redundancy into our EDH deck so that it has a chance, it has some cards that let it win, even if the commander is
1: not in yeah. play. Um, I think the I mean, I mean th- think the issue here is that Titania's ability says whenever a land you control is put into the graveyard, right? Yes. And a lot of the cards here are just sacrificing lands, which and it has the same end result, right. but it isn't what you're trying to, you know, it doesn't tie up to what Titania says. So it's like, if Titania is gone, then there aren't that many cards that really help you do what she does.
2: Yeah, I mean you're going to be sacrificing your lands. You can still do that, but it doesn't do anything then. And it's just like, yeah. The good thing is you're in green. We'll talk... Actually, we'll talk later about how to sort of combat all this stuff that's fighting you. Uh, The third thing, the third way to fight this deck is instant speed wraths or instant speed mass
1: bounce. Right. So that's
2: the stuff that works against token decks in general.
1: This one, especially though, needs to have instant speed because there's so many things in here that will, at instant speed, like... (laughs) Yeah, because you know. all
2: these sac lands, like, uh, you can do it on an end step. Yeah. So it, unlike a lot of token decks, you're not doing it at sorcery speed a lot of the time. It Like Zernorb, Orb, that's just any you want to. Yeah. So you're going to sacrifice all your lands on the end step before your turn. Yeah, so, you need,
1: like, Nev's disc to really hose this deck. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, or, like, Cyclonic Rift does it. Right. Or Faded Retribution is a big uh, wrath effect in white that's right. instant. You know, you can do it, but you need instant speed yeah uh, you know wrath or mass bounce to 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 mess with them
1: yeah, definitely um meddling mage type effects meddling mage is a card that says uh, when it comes into play, you name a card that card cannot be played. so it's it's similar to just it's not graveyard hate, it's commander hate um and it's a card that if you don't have a way to get rid of it immediately, you could be set back very you know, like three or four turns just trying to find a way to get rid of that or hoping someone else does. And the thing about Meddling Mage is that if someone casts it targeting your stuff, it's up to you to get rid of it. No yeah, one else, nobody be, else cares. Yeah, no one, everyone <laughs> else will be like, oh, thanks, man, for that. Cool. Like, you're going to be the first person to come after when they get rid of it, but no one else has any incentive to waste a card on their Meddling Mage that's not targeting them.
2: Yeah, because it's like, well, my commander, he didn't name my commander, so why should I kill it? I don't <laughs> care. And also, Meddling Mage specifically for green, like, Mono Green just doesn't have a lot of, like, kill target creatures yeah there like, was
1: that one that was printed in the... it turns it into a basic forest yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that and that is um a uh, song of the dryads and then you play natural balance and they're forced to <laughs> sacrifice it <laughs> well it
2: doesn't have any abilities after it's a forest so it yeah. doesn't stop your thing from coming to play anymore but there's very few cards in green that like just kill a cre- reach out and kill a creature yeah yeah so yeah. meddling mage specifically is tough nevermore is as the enchantment version of meddling mage mm-hmm. uh it would still hurt you you but you're in green so you can have some enchantment removal but yeah. but without titania the deck is very very soft so yeah. uh, another thing is control magic effects because if they steal your titania you're kind of hosed like yeah again yeah. cuz you don't normally in a normal uh, edh deck they steal your commander it sucks but you go all right i path to exile my own freaking thing so i can <laughs> put it back in the c- command zone and
1: cast it again yeah
2: but you're in green. You don't have a lot of ways to kill a creature to begin with. So if they take your creature, it can be tough. Uh, yeah, very tough. Yeah, and then mass creature hate. Yeah, so I sort of created this subcategory recently in my head, and um, is is stuff that hates out like mass creature strategies, like token, token strategies. strategies. Yeah, yeah. So propaganda,
1: right? Propaganda says you have to pay one extra for each attacking creature for each land type that you control. So if some, so, I think for,
2: Propaganda is just two extra per creature that's oh, attacking Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 you're right. But there is a, one like that. I forget what it's yeah. called. Um, there's a number of effects that basically say for every creature that somebody wants to attack you with, they have to pay mana.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it shuts down Token decks because it's like, you want to attack with 15 guys? Do you have 30 mana? Yeah, exactly. Like, no. <laughs> no, I don't. I have eight mana. Uh, yeah. I'll attack this other guy instead.
2: Yeah. And that's the, actually the great thing about mass creature hate is that it doesn't actually deflect all creatures from doing stuff. It just deflects them from attacking you. Yeah. So a lot of times their answer is like, all right, I'll attack the other guy then because I don't have enough mana to attack you. Yeah. And yeah. a lot
1: of slower, more dirtly decks make use of this heavily because they know that they're going to die to creatures or whatever. And the way to stop that is like propaganda or yeah. crawl space or um, ghostly prison. That's what it's called. Silent Arbiter. Silent Arbiter, yeah. Yeah.
2: Propaganda is my favorite one of those um, because it stops like. If people don't hate you for it. Like yeah. Silent Arbiter, Arbiter can slow the game to the point where everyone's like, I'm just going to kill the guy with Silent Arbiter so the game can progress normally now. Yeah, exactly. But propaganda doesn't stop anyone else from attacking each other. It just stops them from attacking you. It also mm-hmm. stops infinite kiki-jiki shenanigans and stuff like that. So Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk about how not to fight Titania. <laughs> the first one I put is usually what people go to, and it's counter magic. Right. And the reason I would say that is because counterspells don't counter lands. Mm-hmm. They don't do anything about against lands.
1: Especially, and also like, sure, you counter Titania. That's like, it, yeah. Yeah, but it's also like, hey, guess what? I'm still playing eight lands a turn or whatever. I'm just going to play her next play her turn. Again. Yeah, it's yep. like I can outplay your counters because I have so much ramp in this deck.
2: Exactly. And then once I get her out, you can't counter most of the other stuff I'm doing because you yeah. can't counter a fetch land. Yep. You know, so. Well, you could stifle it, I guess yeah. <laughs> then they'll be like, Okay,
1: uh next turn I'll do like yeah, I or got, I'll do one I of my other things. Exactly. Um basically single target removal, single target counters aren't as effective in a deck that's trying to go wide. Totally. Yeah um now a counter spell is good if you know that a crater of behemoth is the only thing that they can play at this point to win the game or whatever but there are, i think there are enough options in this deck that a single counter isn't going to save the day for you it might delay the inevitable but yeah. it's not going to stop you like yeah. like having life game versus this deck is also just completely useless <laughs> that's a good point yeah
2: um sorcery speed wraths also very bad because like we said they're going to do this stuff where they they do it on the air step a lot of it can be done at instant speed so your sorcery speed wrath is going to be sitting in your hand while they're attacking you with right. You know, 25 threes and you're like, okay.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, if
2: I made it to my turn I would have killed them all, but
1: now I'm dead. <laughs> Actually, what do you think about uh, land destruction? Is that a good way to fight Titania? I think that's a horrible way to fight Titania. <laughs> you just give her a bunch of five threes and then she has
2: more uh, cards
1: than any other deck at to get her lands back out of yeah, her exactly. graveyard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so guys, another reason not to run land destruction. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, okay, now if you're playing the Titania deck, here's some ways to sort of combat the stuff that works good against you. So mm-hmm. you're going back to the, all the stuff we said about Graveyard Hate, Tuck, Instancy Speed Wraths, uh, Meddling Mage type effects. Um, tutors, yep. uh, creature tutors specifically. Now, you might not think you want a lot of these because you don't have a lot of creatures in the deck because you're planning on making uh, your lands into your creatures by sacrificing them. Right. But you do want Worldly Tutor. I think Natural order is a really good one. Yeah, and yeah, there's, definitely. there's two reasons also not just tuck effects that take Titania and put her into your deck, but also like at a certain point, you just need to go find that Crater Hoof Behemoth so you can win. Yeah. So if Titania's is out and everything's going peachy, then you just and you draw Worldly Tutor awesome because now it's like, oh, instead of just getting myself back in the game, I'll just win the game. I'll go get Crater Hoof Behemoth.
1: Car mm-hmm. kind of like Tooth and Nail, equally yep. powerful because you just need to be able to grab that stuff and put it into play. Being able to drop Crater Hoof Behemoth will win you the game mm-hmm. natural order is great because you just sack one of the tokens so yeah yeah and then you actually put
2: crater of Bohemian. yeah same with out.
1: um pattern of rebirth yep. and sometimes it's not even just like it's not even getting the card that wins you the game but sometimes you just need to grab azusa yeah or someone just because you know? i need
2: to start playing more lands per turn
1: yeah. yeah exactly just so it's like you need ways to get your engine going yep and the faster that happens the faster you win um soul of new phyrexia any it's- token deck needs this card yes.
2: Because it just protects you from Wraths. Yeah. Or protects you from a Wrath.
1: Twice over. Yeah, so
2: it's very powerful. And you have so much ramp in this deck. This is one of the few decks where you can actually probably play the Soul of New Phyrexia and still have enough mana left on that turn to activate it. If Soul, you need to, yeah. Yeah, Soul of New Phyrexia is an artifact, and it has an activated ability for five, and it makes all your creatures indestructible.
1: Yeah, and consider you're going to be holding up mana anyway because you want to do a lot of end shenanigans. Yes, exactly. You're, I mean, it's okay to have that up. Uh, and it's good to have it up. Yeah, exactly.
2: Um, oh, yeah, enchantment destruction. I just think, like, you're in green, Kroson Grip, that kind of stuff. You're going to need a few. You don't want control magics, and you don't want, you know, Nevermore's, and it's just good to have anyway. Yeah. Uh, artifact yeah. and enchantment destruction. You but, definitely need it. Yeah, it's just, and, and if, if they play propaganda or something, like, you can't win unless you kill that propaganda. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you can, but it's just going to be harder. So, yeah. Yeah, so that's another good thing. And then the last thing is, and green doesn't have a lot, but it does have some. You want spot removal.
1: Yep, and whether it's spot removal, like artifact spot removal or green card spot removal, you you every commander deck needs spot removal. Yeah,
2: and this and green's just harder. I, I want. Yeah. I just wanted to put a put a uh, an underline you know a, a point on it because green doesn't have a lot, mm-hmm. but. you know there's going to be creatures on the on the battlefield like meddling mage or you know other things that's like man if that silent arbiter if that creature sits there i'm just hosed yeah but it's hard for green to reach out and just kill something like it's easy for black yeah you know it's easy for white they swords to plowshares it but you just don't have access to that stuff so you need to sort of pointedly be like yep i need some spot removal in this deck
1: yeah not to mention um If your politics aren't good enough to tell someone else to kill something, you're going to need that. I find that that's another fake card that exists whenever I play EDH, which is your ability to convince someone else to do something that they think is in their favor, but is ultimately mostly in yours.
2: It's very wisely said. And when you become good at that aspect of the game, you actually build your decks differently. Like I have less spot removal in my decks because I always figure, well... I'm just going to have to manipulate somebody else to do that. (laughs) Because I don't want to waste cards in my deck on that. Yeah, exactly. But I do need that effect. So the way that I'm going to get it is through
1: my own manipulation and and (laughs) social guile. Yeah. So let's... Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, everyone, in like a five-player game, someone's going to have spot removal in their hands. Oh, yeah. Especially, your thing is, I mean, the big thing is like, it's not just you telling them to get rid of it. Right. If it's four people being like, dude, dude, dude. You've got to kill that thing. Kill it now. And like, they're like, do it or I'll attack you. (laughs) I mean, we play, you know, you play in a lot of
2: games and especially when we were at the GP and we were playing with random people and, Mm -hmm. you know, people come in all shapes and sizes, but in a commander game, you can't be afraid to sort of speak oh yeah and and you see people and they're you know magic's a game and not everybody's like socially like uh what's the word um <laughs> not everybody is like an outgoing person yeah there and, you go. and so you know you need to sort of get over that a little because it does help you in the game and, mm-hmm. and it's part of commander to just be like hey man uh can you kill that thing because it's going to to screw everybody at the table and yeah. i don't have a way to do it yeah and, greater
1: good sort of thing
2: and a lot of times you're like hey listen i I'll give you something. I won't attack you, or what do you want me to do? But I, we need that thing to die. Yeah. You know, if you have a way to do it, I'll trade you or something. You know, and you just
1: have to be able to have that discussion. You open your trade binder on the side. Like, <laughs> Look, man, anything. You just take it, man. Just <laughs> one. thing. That's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I meant trade you. Like, I'll, I'll give you. I'll let you draw a card, or yeah. I'll, you know, but
1: I'll cast my uh, constant mists when you need it most. <laughs> there you go. There, there you go. go. That's yeah.
2: actually like, yeah, I'll save you if anybody attacks you. Yeah. You know. So. Um, let's talk about how the deck might play. We haven't really played it much. We've goldfished a little and played a couple of games. But yeah. um, it feels like a token deck at heart. Mm-hmm. But it's just a little bit different in how it's getting the tokens. Yeah. It can really go off. I mean, what we found was that like somewhere around turn six or seven, it's very possible to have like 10 or 11 lands in play and to do something like cash scapeshift. Yeah. And create, you know, sack all 10 army. of your lands, yeah. create 10 five threes, you know, put 10 more lands into play, sack all of those, put a Concordant Crossroads down, and attack with 25 threes and kill everybody. Like, that is definitely possible to yeah. happen. Um, and the way that some of the card draw works, like with Kavu Layer, so every time a uh, 5-3 comes in, you draw a card, can really, like, create this snowball effect where in one turn you can do a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's super fun when it goes off uh you just
1: need the important thing is you gotta you gotta learn how to sequence the cards right because you're gonna have a lot of weird cards in your hand like that lands that like you must sacrifice two untapped lands and it's like when do i play this for max effects to be able to do what it needs to do so you have to make sure that i mean it's really about knowing what your lands are which ones you can get which ones you're going to fetch out which ones can do what in this case and which ones like how how likely you are to draw a forest Because, like, with all these lands that add colorless mana, you have to make sure that you also have enough forests in play that you are actually able to play your green deck.
2: And putting enough forests in the deck to begin with. Like, when I was, you know, putting it all together, I was like, holy crap, I have like 25, Mm -hmm. you know, non basic lands, and like, I'm only going to put like, you know, 15 basics in there and that's when i was like no for one thing you got to run a lot more mana than you normally would because you just want to draw land all the time yeah but also like you just need enough basic lands because most of your cards say go find a basic land yeah so you need enough basics to find um so that's another thing. I think it's, it takes some finesse to learn how to play it, but it does have the potential to be very powerful. It's fragile, though.
1: Yeah, I think this deck is one that it builds in power really quickly, and if dealt with or if unable to go off, quickly decreases in yeah. power past a certain point. So if you're like not hitting your stride soon enough or you don't hit it at all, you're just going to fall flat in your face if you're not careful.
2: You do have some haymakers, though. Uh, Scape Shift is definitely one of them. Yeah. Um, whereas no matter where you are in the game, if you have a lot of land on the table and access to Titania scape shift can sometimes just come out of nowhere yeah even if everybody looks like well he's got nothing he's got no cards he has 20 land but who cares yeah and then you rip scape shift (laughs) off the top it's like yep i have 25 threes actually
1: it looks like i win
2: boys (laughs) and girls see you next game shuffle up okay so our mission should you choose to accept it (laughs) is we need you to Dig deep into the gatherer or into your own collection, and Mm -hmm. we want to know what
1: other cards we're missing.
2: We're missing what cards are good in this deck. What cards are we not thinking of?
1: Yeah, or what interaction is there that you think is busted that we haven't addressed with these cards here?
2: Yeah, or or did we go in the totally wrong direction? I mean, I don't think we did, but maybe. Yeah, we want to hear from you that might be tied up into the contest of how you can win that dual deck or the fat packs or some play mats or some booster packs. We're not Mm -hmm. sure. You got to follow us on Twitter for that, but. We want to hear from you.
1: Yep. So post a comment either on the uh, rocketjump.com, the rocketjump, not just rocketjump.com under the podcast, or send us a tweet at CommandCast. We're going to be announcing how to win stuff soon. And it's not just going to be tied to this podcast in general. If you follow at CommandCast, you will have access to plenty of giveaways. So make sure you guys do that. Yeah, Christmas is coming up. Yeah, Christmas. We're definitely
2: giving stuff away for Christmas. Heck
1: yeah, we're giving stuff away for Thanksgiving. Of course
2: we're giving away stuff for Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and one last thing is we will not be having an episode next week. Uh, Jimmy and I are going to be tied up with Thanksgiving festivities, so we're going to skip one week. Um, We'll be back in early December. Uh, Just an advance warning, too, because of uh, the Christmas season and those holidays, we'll probably miss a couple of episodes around Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, but we'll
1: try and find some kind of fun filler content. Uh, Josh and I are testing out some stuff, and you you guys might see something else pop up in the meantime time so Ooh. yeah we'll test that out <laughs> all right
2: everybody thanks for listening and we'll see you next time peace
0: thank you for your attention for further inquiries send an email to command at rocket or ask us on twitter at jf Wong and at josh lee Quai. see you later alligator